Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 through 7, called Pleasing to God. Welcome. We're glad you're here. We're in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. We're continuing to move through what has been called by many the great hall of faith. Why is it called that? Well, it is a record of faces and names, in our case, names, because we don't know faces, that lived a life of faith through all kinds of different circumstances. The reason that this is important is the Hebrew, this little Hebrew church that we've been learning about, has been going through some real difficulty, and they need endurance, and they need some maybe human examples to keep on uh, moving through and pressing on, and so that's what they're going to get. The first one that we looked at last week was Abel. Abel offered a better sacrifice than his brother Cain, and we asked the question that many have asked before, what was the difference between the two sacrifices? One came from the crops, one came from animals. Uh, Was it an animal sacrifice that made Abel's superior? Not necessarily, because giving from your crops was also an acceptable sacrifice, and it had to do with what both men were involved in. But we talked about that the better sacrifice was the one given by faith, and we drew a parallel between the new and the old covenant. The new covenant is a better sacrifice. It's a superior sacrifice. It's a once for all sacrifice. And we also drew, and we were kind of looking a little bit underneath the text, if you will, that it showed two brothers at odds with one another, one with an inferior sacrifice, one with a superior sacrifice. And Cain killed his brother Abel. And the Hebrew church is going through their own persecution right now. And much of the threat is coming from their own people. For example, Saul of Tarsus, who becomes Paul, before his conversion, was a chief persecutor of the church. You could say brother against brother. And so that may be one way to understand some of the language here as it relates to Abel. Abel is the first face or name in the hall of faith, but we'll have more before us. And we're only going to look at three verses tonight. Why don't you stand if you're able to stand with us as we read together five through seven of Hebrews 11. Then we'll pray and get into it. Hebrews eleven five By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. He was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. That's our title tonight, pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen. And we've already seen the definition of faith as that which you know we trust and that which we have not yet seen. In reverence, Noah in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. You can have a seat. Father, thank you for... 
This study tonight is we will look at a text uh, all about being pleasing to God. And we think about Abel and we think about Enoch and Noah and others that we're going to learn about in the weeks to come. And we can see here tonight two men who stood against the tide of their generation. We think of Enoch who walked with God. We think of Noah who was really a sole voice. Only he and his family got on that ark. The earth and the thoughts and the intents of men were only evil continually and against the onslaught of moral decay and chaos. Both Enoch and Noah stood their ground. And this is the message that this little Hebrew church needed to hear. And this is the message we need to hear in our generation. As we watch things slide down a slippery slope, we see the moral confusion and chaos in our world. We see many, even in the church, moving away from some of the most fundamental things we probably never could imagine people would walk away from. And yet we know there is a remnant. We know there's many committed believers. And we are called to be like Enoch tonight, to be like Noah tonight, and to take our stand Help us, Father, because we sometimes feel like we're so inadequate and so ill-equipped to do just that. Sometimes we feel like we're even waffling, so how can we stand? Make us stand, O Lord. You are able to keep us from stumbling, the book of Jude says. Help us tonight. Fill us up. Give us endurance. Give us uh, resolve. Whatever we may need, Lord, you know every heart. So would you impart that encouragement and that strength? In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. By faith, Enoch, verse 5, Hebrews 11, was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found. That implies that people were looking for him. You can imagine if you were taken up, (laughs) all of a sudden (laughs) you left planet Earth, as it were. People might be looking for you. You would hope that someone might be looking for you, right? And God took him up for he obtained the witness. This is a variation of the same word we saw in 11.2 and 11.4, the idea of the martus. He obtained a testimony that before his being taken up, what was he? He was pleasing to God. Like Abel before him, Enoch gained a testimony too. Now we learned about Abel that though he is dead, he is still speaking. Remember that? And I told you the story about J. Vernon McGee, who died, I think, in the 1980s and said, play the tapes until the money runs out. And J. Vernon McGee's message is being heard all over the world, jumping on the Bible bus, as it were. And people give and people are writing letters from all over the world. This little, what we might call country preacher, who actually had a church in Pasadena, uh, Really faithful just just to teach simply through the Bible and hungry souls all over the world. And Jay Vernon's been, you know, with the Lord for several decades now, but the message still goes forth. And he is still, if you will, preaching and teaching. That is the idea of the name here. The name Enoch means teaching or commencement. Some say it means initiated or dedicated. Philo explained the name Enoch as meaning recipient of the grace of God. What does Enoch's faith teach us? What does his dedicated life and witness reveal to you and me? 
what would it say to the original Hebrew recipient, recipients of this letter? And why would the writer bring up Enoch at a time when he knew that they were going through certain things as well? Well, you can see that Enoch's witness is at the very end. The testimony of his life is that he lived a life that was pleasing to God. Now, that's not the only thing that you and I should concentrate on. We, we want to love God. We want to walk with God. We want to learn how to commune with him and be intimate with him. But if you wanted one good aim for your life, one biblical aim that you should never forget is that your life, my life, should be pleasing to God. If you live a life where you are trying to be pleasing to man, I heard a quote, it's a great quote. I heard it from a pastor's conference earlier today. And the quote is this. If you marry the spirit of the age, you will be a constant widower. The spirit of the age, the zeitgeist, as it were, is always a moving target. Have you noticed? The winds of the world blow here and there, to and fro, and if you try to keep up with it, you will be left behind. If you marry the spirit of the age, you will be a widower. But if you live a life that is pleasing to God, you will know what you're about, what your goals are, where you're headed, and you will even leave a testimony behind. And the first three witnesses in the great hall of faith, one was killed by his brother, And so I think the writer implicitly is saying, yes, martyrdom is a very real possibility. There's there's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs, and 11 of the 12 apostles died a martyr's death. Many early Christians were killed. And in the last 100 years, there's been more martyrs in the world, worldwide, because remember, Christianity is spread out to about, what, 2 billion confessing Christians today? There's been more martyrs in the last hundred years than all the previous centuries combined. So martyrdom is not just relegated to the first century, brethren. It's been a very real issue. It's a real issue right now in India. It's a real issue right now in China, Africa, and many other places where our brothers and sisters often pay the ultimate price for their faith. So Abel died by the hand of his brother because he had a superior sacrifice. Enoch was taken out by God. And we'll talk a little bit about that. That's kind of a radical thing, right? We only know of a few people where that happened, Enoch and Elijah, namely. And then we're going to have a Noah. And Noah preached and preached and preached some more, lived a long life and got on an ark and God preserved him through a flood, but did not remove him from the earth. Can you see the three different pictures? One is martyred. Uh, another one is taken up, and another one is preserved. And I think the writer implicitly implied in the text is saying this, yes, there's going to be variations of endings in terms of your human life. We all get a certain amount of time, whether you get 80 years, you lived your year 100, some people live maybe, you know, until they're 110. They're the unique cases, right? But no matter what your ending is, the question is, what is your testimony? Enoch's testimony was that he was pleasing to God. When it's all said and done, do you know you're going to have an epitaph too? There's going to be something that captures your life. And the question I have for you is, what would it be? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Lived a long life and got on an ark, and God preserved him through a flood, but did not remove him from the earth. Can you see the three different pictures? One is martyred, uh, another one is taken up, And another one is preserved. And I think the writer implicitly implied in the text is saying this. Yes, there's going to be variations of endings in terms of your human life. We all get a certain amount of time. Whether you get 80 years, you live to your 100. Some people live maybe, you know, until they're 110. They're the unique cases, right? But no matter what your ending is, the question is, what is your testimony? Enoch's testimony was that he was pleasing to God. When it's all said and done, do you know you're going to have an epitaph too? There's going to be something that captures your life. And the question I have for you is, what would it be? What would it be right now if someone said, yes, I know so-and-so very well, and this phrase captures them. They were what? Well, for Enoch, Enoch was pleasing to God. And there are many scriptures that I could share with you, but let me just share a few. Psalm nineteen fourteen says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed to this world or the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 puts it this way. You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. Colossians 1, 10 and 11 puts it this way. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience joyfully. 
many, many scriptures. The book of Hebrews actually ends with a great um, prayer. Let's turn all the way to Hebrews 13. Look at the last couple of verses, just actually a little bit before the book ends. It ends with this beautiful benediction. You might want to mark this. This has become one of my life verses. Now the God, Hebrews 13, 20, of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. Lots of verses I could give you, but I think you get the message, don't you? I get it. God wants me to live a life pleasing to him. That needs to be my aim. I walk by faith and not by sight, and I make it my aim in 2 Corinthians 5, whether absent or at home, to be pleasing to him. My goal is to please my master. That really simplifies my life. And I think it probably does for you too. And I know you're all trying to learn, as Ephesians 5.10 put it, what pleases him. And that can be a process because we don't know everything, especially when we're newer Christians. But we stay in the word and we keep walking. And that's what Enoch did. And to give you some hope, I want you to know that there was a turning point in Enoch's life. The record of his life is in Genesis 5. Let's turn there together. We'll come back. This is why we're only doing a few verses tonight. We're going to turn to a few passages that give us the backstory. In the case of Enoch, the record of his life is in a small little section in the book of Genesis. If you're having trouble finding the book, we do have help available. We can talk after. (laughs) Never mind. Now, I want you to see something about Enoch's life. And there's some really long lifespans in the early chapters of Genesis, and then they kind of level out. But let's look at uh, verse 19, Genesis 5. Then Jared lived 800 years after he had become the father of Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Enoch, now here's our, our guy in the hall of faith, lived 65 years, qualified for social security, And then he became the father of who? Methuselah. Now note this. Then Enoch walked with God. Now most scholars would say that language tells us that Enoch in the first 65 years of his life, and of course these are elongated lifespans prior to the flood, uh, lived 65 years it would appear without walking with God. Then something happened in his life. It says, then, so he lived 65 years. He became the father of Methuselah. We'll come back to him in a second. Then, keyword, Enoch, verse 22, walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. Notice the repetition of the then and the after. And he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years And Enoch walked with God. We've seen that twice now in verse 22 and 24. He walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. Now, Genesis 5.22 suggests that the event that changed Enoch's life was the birth of Methuselah. 
the birth of a son. And recently we recorded a little um, Walk in Truth episode. We're airing the Song of Solomon on Walk in Truth on our radio broadcast. And I think it's really important teaching because we're dealing with marriage and we're dealing with romance and intimacy and moving through conflict and learning how to dance again. These were some of the titles of the messages that we did. And we did a little conversation up here on this platform with Pastor Shane, myself, and two uh, wonderful sisters that are part of the fellowship. And we talked a little bit about marriage and intimacy. And it was a real, I would call it a real authentic, um, transparent conversation about the uh, challenges that we all face as human beings in these areas of life. And we all come from at least some of us come from a good amount of brokenness. But I, but I said in that, in that recording that really something that changed the trajectory of my walk with the Lord was the birth of Shane. Shane being my oldest son and going to be 30 this year. And the reason that that event changed my life was I was a newer Christian way back then. Shane was born in the early 90s. And I had, I had gotten saved in the late 80s, but I would have to confess, and I wrote this in the book Suit Up, if you wrote, read that book, that I was struggling the first four years of my walk with the Lord. And, you know, I, I knew what was right, and I wanted to do the right thing, but I was really weak, and I, had, I carried a lot of baggage into that, you know, Christian walk with the Lord. But when Shane was born, my life took a different trajectory, and I got serious with God. And I've told people over the years that there were a couple of, as close as I've ever gotten to an audible voice in my walk with the Lord, where I felt like the Lord was saying, I want to use you, but I want you to decide if you're going to waffle anymore or if you're going to actually give yourself fully to me. And I had a couple of poignant, I would call them fork in the road moments. You've been listening to Pleasing to God, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, 5-7. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. We would also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from his teachings today, or maybe you have a question about something else, or need encouragement, or prayer. Maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you. You can email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And thanks for reaching out. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, we find out about Enoch that the testimony of his life is that he was pleasing to God. And that needs to be the testimony of my life. And you may say, well, you know what, Pastor Michael? I am feeling maybe like never before a tug from the Lord to be used. I want to please him. I find myself saying, does this please the Lord? And it's kind of new. What do I do now? Should I pack up like Abraham, (laughs) pack my bags and should I, should I do an overseas mission? Should I, uh, you know, could I, could I say this? And since I have the microphone, I'm going to say it. How about you start in your local church? Are you serving in your local church? You know, it's one thing to go across an ocean and, and if you're feeling tug, a tug to do that, do it. But can I ask you, have you crossed the street to share the gospel? Do you serve in your local church? Do you know how many churches are longing just to have an extra usher or, uh, 
Sunday school teacher, you know how hard it is to get servants to serve in the local church? My goodness. I mean, start there. You you would be surprised. You know, that's where I started. I started serving in my local church. I went to school at night. I felt an undeniable tug into the ministry. I started studying apologetics in the day and night, formally at night. And I raised my hand in the local church and they said, yes. And they used me for evangelism, apologetics, to teach a Bible study to help with a youth group, to become an elder, eventually to become a pastor. Look, if you raise your hand and you're willing, I think any you know, normal local Christian church would say, amen, let's get you plugged in. Hey, if we can help you in any way, we have been encouraging you to reach out to us. One way is through our website. You can ask a question. You can make a comment there. Let us know how the program's been a blessing to you, or maybe you need some help and uh, something you're praying through. Maybe you have a prayer request. You can do it all at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast to reach more people like you with the hope of Jesus. And now we offer the Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your donation please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 11, verses 5 through 7, called Pleasing to God. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.